Hello, hello. We are back with the part two of our, I, I would say, emotional crisis series. <laughs> it's more like emotional ego kind of let's just make the internal world actually visible because the external world seems to do all the dictating. So we're heading over to Phoenix to take off this part of the podcast. Hey, and so welcome back to our emotional eating thing. So if you saw or listened to the first part of this, we were talking about um, people's inability to move on from their comfort zones. So we opened the last podcast um, talking about emotional eating, um, how um, people approach diets when they start and why they're approaching it from a, um, a deficit or almost a, 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 um, a very negative um, uh, start because of where they've been in the past. So please do go and listen to that because it kind of addresses all the, the all the kind of the beginning issues of starting a new diet and working with a coach. Um, this episode, we really wanted to get into why it's so difficult to move on from past mistakes or to move on from current behavior. What is it that holds you where you are right now and um, almost kind of limits you from creating new habits and creating new behaviors around food? What is it, what is it that stops you from making successful gains? Um, and so one of the things that Ruby and I come across all the time is clients almost hate the word self-sabotage. I really hate it. There needs to be a better term for it. But clients almost self-sabotaging themselves because it's too scary to employ a new habit. And I have um, one of my clients from a long time ago now, uh, I always use the same example because she was the perfect example from this. Um, and uh, her name was Jodie. And we were at the end of a, I think it was an eight week, or might have been a 12 week um, uh, online program. She's one of my online clients. Um, and she had made the most incredible changes over that program. Every, literally, she's a perfect client. Everything I said to do, she did it. And that was it. There was no question. She was like, okay, that's what I've got to do. That's what I'll do. And she would report in every week. She was brilliant. She lost loads of weight. But there was this one sticking point towards the end of the program. And she had a social engagement. So every Friday, she would go to the coffee shop. She would meet her friend there. They would take the kids. Um, she was a mum with young kids. At the time, I coached mums. Um, and they would both have coffee and cake and, uh, and chat about their week and their day and, you know, just have some downtime for themselves. And she got to a point where she was like, look, I have something to tell you. For the last three weeks, I've been going to this coffee shop and I have been doing everything right on my diet, but I cannot get over the fact that I have to buy this cake and the coffee. And I'm stood in the queue to get the cake and the coffee and I actually do not want it. So that was my first issue. I was like, if you want the cake and the coffee, have the cake and the coffee, you've got space to do that. But she was like, look, I really, I don't want it. And I'm stood in the queue going, I'm not gonna get it this week. But when I get to the counter, I feel the pressure of my friend who was stood next to me. And I feel the pressure of being in a situation that I've always ordered the same thing. And I find myself ordering the same thing every week. And then I will sit down with my cake and my coffee and I will eat it and I will feel terrible whilst I, even as I'm eating it, it's making me feel awful inside. And when I finished it, I, I, I go walk away from that coffee shop. I drive home 
And I spent the whole day thinking about why I had that thing, even though I didn't want it. And she could not, for the life of her, work out while she was doing this, even though her biggest, you know, her, her, her intention, her gut desire, everything she was now, all of her new behaviors were saying, oh, do you know what? I'm, I don't really want it. I don't really want it. I could just have a cup of tea. I'd be happy with that. And uh, so we kind of broke this all down. Now, bearing in mind that she was a new mum and I, like all of my client base at that time was new mums. So very young babies, no time for themselves. The entirety of their being was given to looking after that child. Home life was stressful. They're not in a work environment. They don't have what, you know, they don't have separation time. They would be at home all day. The husband would come home from work and then it was cook, you know, stay up later so they can spend some time with the husband, really tired. It's a very stressful place to be, particularly when you have sleep deprivation, all the rest of it feeding into it. And you're trying to do one thing for yourself. And so the issue wasn't the cake and the coffee. The issue was that she was holding on to one habit because that was the one habit that she had established over the last year that was solely for her. It was nothing to do with the cake and the coffee. It was that, Jody, do you know what? You are spending time with your friend and this is how in your head you have shaped that time with your friend. It is the only time when you are allowed to do something that's just for you. Cake and the coffee isn't for your kid. It's not for your mate. It's not for your husband. It's not for anyone else. It is solely for you. And that is why you can't let go of it because it's the one comfort you have. And so we addressed it in that session as in, if you want to have that, that is allowed because you are allowed to do something for yourself. The next week she went to the, the coffee shop, she phoned me afterwards and she, immediately she said, I didn't have it and I feel so much better because actually what I thought I was holding on to was something that I was doing for me. But what I realize now is the real goal for me was to break those old habits and become this new version of me. And now I've completed that journey because I've let go of the one thing that was anchoring me in my old life. And that and that's what it came down to. It was an anchor of what those felt comfortable. It was the one connection that the brain had to the old Jodie. And to let go of that and leap, take a leap of faith into this new her, which she'd already established, but it'd only been 12 weeks, it was a scary thing to do. So she needed the support to do that. I love the way that you ended that because I'm sure you know the meme. It's sometimes where too scared to see our true power sometimes we're too scared to see what we're actually made of and it's like that waiting you're always waiting for that one shoe to drop or you still haven't mustered up the faith to realize hey I can actually do this this is my new life and it's almost like we can have everything set for us but we just were scared of realizing our true potential once we step into this new life because we're so used to and comfortable living a certain way. We're so used to telling a narrative of, I'm so sick of being fat or whatever it was that you used to describe yourself. I'm so used to having all this fat. I'm so, so sick of just sabotaging myself. I'm so sick of feeling this way, feeling slumpy, waking up, doing this. You're so used to telling yourself these, these words, these stories, identifying yourself in a certain way that like, visualizing your new life just doesn't it it's incomprehensible it seems like something you can't do so that is serving you in a way that it's just like no 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 i'm safe 
I'm not going to sabotage anything because I'm still my old me. But it's that one thing or two things, if you have a couple of habits here and there that you're clinging on to, that make you see, no, it's too hard, even though you are already doing it. So then you start to over-dramatize it. You start to catastrophize it like, oh, no, 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 it's too much. It's like you were just doing it. You just did it for a whole week. You just literally did what you need to do for a whole week. How is it too hard? And then you come home the next day and you stop hungry jacks on the way home because you were scared of actually just stepping into the next week like, oh, no, I finished one week and I'm about to become the new me in the second week. It is something we see so common. And I guess it's really hard to deal with, especially on your own. I guess this is where therapy can come in. But you need, this is why the inner work that we spoke about in part one of this episode is so important. And that's why we wanted to separate this part of it from the rest, because we're trying to show you why it's so important. Like the dream person that you want to become can be just waiting for you. Yet you never did the inner work. You were always just wanting the outcome. And hey, the outcome's there, but you still can't reach it because that obstacle is stronger than the person you want to become because that obstacle was something that you've done for years and it's your comfort and the brain wants comfort. So you need to do the inner work as soon as you get the chance, not just when you keep hitting this obstacle because the more inner work that you develop, the more that you get to grow along the way because all that growth could be exponentially greater if you don't wait for that last moment. But then it's really important to tell yourself it's okay that it's taken me this long because that's a, that's where I think a lot of other people fail. They tell themselves, oh, I should have done this ages ago. They don't forgive themselves for not having done it sooner. But it's better now to make this change than to just go back to square one. I'll give you an example and then you can have a little say on it. So this, this lady, let's just say it's the same example I've been saying about, she... Usually, like, she knows that she should be drinking two, three liters of water a day. But she finally has started a small habit of, let's just drink at least one liter a day. And then as soon as she tunes into how does she feel about it, oh, it's still shit. It's nowhere near how much I should be doing. What's the point? It's like if you're going to shoot yourself down for doing small things that are clearly not ideal, but they're still better than what you did. If you're going to shoot yourself down for doing that, you're going to stay stuck where you are. This is what you call, what you said before, pick something you know you can't fail at. Make that a success because then your other successes will grow exponentially on top. Don't be so focused on everything that you lack or don't be so focused on all the failures and all the past failures. Regardless of whether it's enough for your realistic expectations or my expectations or Phoenix's expectations. The thing is, it's way better than what you were doing. And if you're going to like just sit on the fact that you aren't doing enough, even though it's more than you were obviously doing before, you're never going to make that next step. You're going to cling to everything that you were. And then you'll say, fuck it. I'm still not doing enough. And then you go back to square one. You need to do something you know you can't fail for long enough, even if it means drinking one liter of water a day for a whole month. And that might seem like that's a waste of time, 
but hey, you just spent the last friggin' God knows how many years of your life spinning wheels because you already started, you already attempted to start at level number five instead of level number one where you're at right now. So think of it that way. And if you can't see that, get a big piece of paper and draw it. Draw you at the very bottom corner. Draw a tiny step, one liter. Draw wherever you were trying to aim before, all the things you were trying to do. Draw it like a staircase and then write everything underneath. And then get another piece of paper, put it to the left, and then write the the fact that you tried these other things before and that clearly didn't work. And then what you need to do in a different color so that you can see, hey, continuing on this path is going to stop me from reverting back to that because ideally I want to be there, but right now I just don't want to be there because at this point in time, the strongest force is just not going back. Visualizing where you want to be obviously is a pulling point, but that didn't work for you before. So yes, it is actually beneficial to now focus on not wanting to go back. So do just enough to prove to yourself you can't fail and then celebrate your wins. And don't tell yourself it's not enough because you don't want to go back there. Yeah, this is why reflection is such an important tool in um, sports psychology, also health psychology. But within sports psychology, we use reflection a lot. Um, and so reflection is a process where you reflect on that day's session. It could be that day's activities. Um, it could be um, over a week. It could be over a month. So there's different different stages that will, at the point that you use reflection, but you need to use them all. Your immediate um, memory of an event is going to be more, most accurate um, as soon as that event is over. A day after that event, it's going to be a little bit hazy. There's going to be things that you've forgotten. There's feelings that you won't recognize the next day because you're not feeling it, you're not in the moment. And a week later, a month later, it's going to have changed again because your perception of that event is going to alter with time. So reflection is a really important tool. So that step of drinking a liter of water today and feeling at the end of the day, oh my God, do you know what? I actually drank a liter of water. That day, as soon as you drank that litre of water, I bet that lady was just like, do you know what, I actually did it and, and felt really good about it. But then having looked at it later on in the day when she's going, oh, but I should be drinking three litres of water, her mood is going to change, her perception is going to change. Instead of going, oh, my God, I, I actually did a litre of water, she's now going to go, oh, but that's like two litres away from where I need to be and I can never do that. So her perception is going to change. So reflection is a really, really important tool to keep pushing you forward because whilst you're reflecting and being kind of taking a step back out of it and, and being a little bit objective, obviously it's going to be a subjective because it's something that you've done, but you can be a little bit objective about it and go, do you know what? If I was talking to my sister, my daughter, my brother, whoever it is, and they managed to do this one little step, will I be telling them that actually that's not great, you should have been here, but you're only there, so rubbish head. You, you wouldn't. You'd be big and not going, do you know what? You did really good today, like, and you're going to improve on that tomorrow. You drink an extra 100 mils tomorrow, whatever. So using a reflection tool, whether that is a voice note, like whether you're audio and you want to speak it into your phone, 
whether you want to talk about it to your coach or your friend, whether you want to write it down, whether you want to have a picture on your phone of the liter of water, whatever works for you, reflection is really important because in our heads, the way that we process motivation, we process our ability to do something, we assess our competency, we assess our self-talk based on what we think we are capable of, that will change when you use the process of reflection. So if you're reflecting on something going, actually, do you know what? I did really good today. I drank a litre of water. And although it wasn't my three litres, I have moved in the right direction. So tomorrow I'm going to drink one litre and another 100 mils. That's not a huge increment. And you know you are able and competent to do it because you already drank a litre today. 100 mils is nothing. You know you can do that. So building your own capability, building your own self-competency and your self-talk, changing that from I can't, I can't, I can't to actually, yes, I can because I'm doing better and I'm proving that I'm doing better and I'm proving every day, which means I'm, I'm, I'm on a journey and I'm going to get there. That is so powerful. And that's the thing that's going to get you there. I actually think this is going to be the perfect segue into the next episode that we do with self-talk because if we bring it back to Jennifer, was it? Or Jody? Jody, if we bring it back to Jody that trying to get in the 100, meter, the 100 milliliters might actually be, even though it like it's easy, it's 100 milliliters, it might actually be the one thing that you cannot do because you can't let go of that story you tell yourself. And this is why self-talk is so important. So I guess this one's going to be really deep. So do you want to save this one for the next episode? Yeah, we'll save this one. Perfect. Yeah. We'll take some notes so we can... <laughs> yeah. We'll take some notes so we can remember exactly where we want to take this because it has definitely been a very powerful one and a half episodes. Are there any final remarks you want to leave? Uh, no, I guess I guess that we are done for today. So, yeah, we will see you in the next episode. Oh, we've got a new six-part series coming up, haven't we? Yeah, we do. We do. And it's all going to start off with where we left off here because – I think this can go in a really good direction. Yeah. 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 So thank you for tuning in. Like, subscribe, and share it to whoever you think can benefit.